Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, a time to open our hearts and minds to the infinite. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo sitting in for Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien while she's away. And today, as always on the Yoga Hour, we talk about the insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga. So yoga is a Sanskrit word that is familiar to many, if not most people today, um, but many people, when they hear it, think of it in a very limited sense of just a system of exercise or perhaps stretching. And in reality, it's a much broader system. So yoga actually means oneness, union, or unity. And it's really pointing to when we bring together our attention and awareness with our essential spiritual nature to be restored to our original wholeness. So, Kriya Yoga really talks about a philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. And our topic today is Kindle the Fire Within. How, how do we live a more spiritually conscious life? And what practices can help us to live more authentically, embody our truth, and experience the wholeness that's already within us? Our guest today is Ganilla Norris. Ganilla is a mother, grandmother, psychotherapist, and spiritual teacher. She's author she's also an author and poet, having published eleven children's books, two books of poetry, and nine books on spirituality, including the book that we're focusing on today, Match, Bringing Heart and Will into Alignment, 90 Days of Practice. Her website is GanillaNorris.com, G-U-N-I-L-L-A-N-O-R-R-I-S.com. So welcome, Ganilla Norris. I'm so delighted that you could join me today on the Yoga Hour. I'm thrilled to be with you, and it's such a wonderful program that you're offering everyone. I'm just excited to be there with you. So before we dive in to our discussion about kindling our inner fire, let's begin with a moment of meditation. So let's begin wherever we are, whatever we're doing. Let's just take a moment out of our busy day to just be present here and now and we have such a wonderful tool that's with us always which is our breath so let's just take a fully conscious breath and just notice as we inhale 
and exhale. Not trying to change the breath, just noticing its natural flow. Cool air flowing into the nostrils and warm air flowing out. On each exhale, we can let go, let go of anything that's not here in this present moment. Each inhale brings our attention within. In this moment, as we dive within, we can open our heart to the essence at the core of our being. This one reality, called by many names, is the support and substance of all that is. Right where we are, right here and now, this divine essence is present as you, as me, as everyone and everything. It's within us, between us, and all around us. So just by being present now, in this moment, we can rest in this essence of our being. We notice thoughts and feelings as they arise and as they pass away. We become aware of our essential nature beyond words and thoughts, beyond all change. Pure existence being. We feel the peace that emanates from the essence of our being. And we allow it to pervade the mental field, the emotional nature, and the physical body. We abide in this peace and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. Once again, Ganilla Norris, welcome to the Yoga Hour. And as I said in in the introduction, you have written several books on spirituality, and you have said that you call your books on spirituality household spirituality. So household spirituality, can can you tell us what you mean by that? I certainly would love to. You know, when you think about it, uh, you might spend in your life five years washing dishes if you count up all the hours. And I don't know how many years doing the laundry and how many years making beds and how many years driving a car to work. Those are all everyday activities, which we mostly try to get through. But what if we could use those moments and have them be ways to connect? So, you know, this is the yoga of connecting with your spiritual life, even if what you're doing is a very simple and uh, something you would skip if you could. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So here we are. We want, I have always wanted something touchable. Uh, I know that God for many of us is kind of an idea or somebody, some presence that's far away. It's hard to feel it even if we think of it inside. I needed a practice that would let me be very present in what I was doing. And there are so many things all day long that we do without even thinking that could be touch points to bring our awareness back to the present. And so it's really everyday spirituality, but I linked all this with household doings because I was a householder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. woman. I was doing lots and lots of time this way. 
So here's an example. Say you get into your car to go to work. But before you turn the key in the ignition, why not appreciate that you have wheels? Just feel that. Hmm. Then ask to be steered by love and compassion throughout the day. That little prayer. You're yoking this very ordinary thing of going to work with a little gratitude and reverence and trying to make a habit of being steered by this quality Mm. of compassion. Mm. Really lovely example. So every day that you're driving to work, if you make that a habit, it's going to change your life. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it really really, um, brings a sacredness to life, really. Yeah. So, so to, to, can't afford to go to retreats, you know, or for lots of reasons, money and time. But you have a retreat center actually in every task. So I wanted to mm-hmm. say that. <laughs> great, great. So today we are focusing on your book, Match, Bringing the Heart and Will into Alignment, 90 Days of Practice. And and I, I told you <clears throat> before we were on the air this morning how much I really love this book. It's so beautiful and it's really simple and it makes it so accessible. So it's really a practical guide for kindling the flame that is within each one of us. And <clears throat> it... Um, brought to mind a quote of uh, Paramahansa Yogananda, who said, let your devotion to God be like a wood fire that burns steadily for a long time, not like a straw fire that produces a bright flame and quickly dies out. And really, this is <laughs> really in a nutshell, what your book is really about, is really about kindling that you know inner fire. And as I said, with very simple uh, practice that we're going to be talking more about. So, um, what is, what inspired you to write this book? Well, it was the practice itself that inspired me because I found it to be so powerful for me. It has changed me, and I've been doing it for 27 years now straight, every day lighting that match. And I've taught it to clients and students, and I've seen their lives change. So I thought, well, maybe I could reach more people if I wrote about it. It was very difficult to to write the book. I don't know why it was so difficult. It went through six revisions, and it took me several years mm-hmm. to get the tone right. But now here it is, and that's it. it's the practice itself that inspired me. And since we're touching on that, why don't you just give a little, because we'll talk more about it, but just give a little nutshell. So the practice is basically committing yourself to lighting that match, that's right? right, and being nine. present. Yes, for 90 consecutive days. And what lets you stick to it is if you make um, your matchbox a little hearth. That's really what Mm. happened to me. And um, and then I began to see my matchbox as a hearth. And, you know, that straw fire, one match is a straw fire, but 90 is a a bigger fire indeed. So... um, When you make your uh, an intention for your practice, it might be a different intention each time you do a series of 90 days, but if you listen to your heart's longing and you try to represent that with a statement, an intention, which should be in the present tense, I am loving instead of I want to be loving, I am mm-hmm. loving, you're declaring that you already are it because what you are seeking is also seeking you at the same time. And that's mm. comfort to know that what you really long for is already longing for you to show up, to be yoked, to make a unity mm-hmm. as earlier in your beautiful meditation. Yes. So, um, but, you know, it's hard to uh, do 90 days. And I'd like to talk a little bit more about making the the matchbox be something sacred. It starts out just like an ordinary hardware matchbox. You can even <clears throat> and we're talking about the we're talking about the big kitchen matches, the big wooden matches, yes, not yes. a little not a little like a matchbook like a with um you know uh, paper cardboard matches. We're talking about the wooden ones, yeah. like kitchen matches. Exactly. Thank you for pointing that out. You can start with no images, but if you start asking yourself, what is it that my heart longs for? Mm. What, uh, What do I really need? 
what I have, have I been missing that is part of me that hasn't had expression for a long time? If you begin priming your questions like that, your heart's going to answer, you know, I need more time. I need to be kinder. This is a quality I want to develop. And then you try to find images that evoke that for you, and you decorate your box mm-hmm. with them. So that mm-hmm. every day you're actually seeing your intention and hearing yourself. It's very nice to say your intention, too, when you strike your match. So that you're getting impulse, an input from two or three different, in two or three different ways. And we need that because we, you know, we have a habit as human beings to say that if I thought it, I got it. We know. A thought right. way in an instant. You, you thought it, great. But can you think it again and then again and that mm. becomes you? That's right. a whole other story. Right. And you talk about the difference in the book, the difference between understanding something you know, literally just understanding it. And we do have this bias where we think, oh, if I understand something, then that's all I need. We don't need a practice, right? <laughs> right. But actually, right. it's the practice. It's really putting, um, you know, it, it's I think the, the title of your book really says it all, bringing heart and will into alignment. You know, so it, again, it's, you know, it's not just our, you know, our, our mind. It's really uh, a practice that engages our deep inner fire, the fire in our heart, which is really lovely. And our actions. Yes, yes. So, um, in her book, Living for the Sake of the Soul, Yogacharya O'Brien says, the heart's deepest desire is a candle within us, ready to be ignited by our willingness to thrive and our decision to live a life that is true to the soul. The commitment to a life the commitment to live a life that is worthy of us propels us on the highway of our divine calling and destiny, risk taking the high road. So in your book, as we've already talked about, you know, this is it, you really deal with this thing about will. And it came out of maybe a la- realization for you of a lack of willingness around your spiritual practice when you were first trying to deal with the suffering that resulted from your divorce. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. You know, I had been married 28 years and I was suddenly finding myself in a farmhouse on the wrong side of town, never having balanced my bank book and needing to make a go of it. And of course, I was frightened. And I had tried many, I had many practices. I prayed, I went to church, but I didn't have something that I felt I could hang on to that was steadying in a physical way. I needed it to be real that way for myself. So uh, I began, and I myself, I began by putting stickers on the mirrors, you know, those little red stickers that they put on um, paintings when they're sold. And that right. was a reminder. But then I soon found myself ducking to one side or the other of the sticker and brushing my teeth and completely ignoring it. <laughs> then I right. hung sayings in the doorways with um, uh, clothespins, and pretty soon I was ducking under them, and those things didn't work for me. But then I found this way, and um, I'll tell you how it happened. I I had a wood stove. It was wintertime, and I love the idea that we're talking about fire because to bank a fire to make it go a long time, you have to build it right, and this practice is about building a practice, really. Anyway, mm-hmm. there I was, lighting a f- match to light my fire, and I realized, you know, this is a household thing. You're all about household things. This little match is a household thing. You do this every day, and this flame is beautiful, and it feels warm, and it's hot, and it will brand you with its light if you would do this every day. And then I thought, well, you know, I can't go sitting here by my wood stove all day long. I need to have something that's small. And that's where the idea of the matchbox being a hearth came. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, you have all the senses involved. You see the light. You smell the sulfur when the match is burning. You feel the heat and you have to pay attention or you'll get burned, you know, for the 30 mm-hmm. match burns. And if you 
do this little thing, which is so simple every day, the results are amazing when you yoke it with your heart's deep desire. So mm-hmm. part of the work of this is to find out what now in your life, what time is it now in your life, and what is it that your soul longs for and that you long for? What unity do you need inside yourself? Once you can put that into positive language and find images that can go with that, sometimes it can just be a color that you associate with that. It doesn't matter what it is, but that you know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. It's now no longer a little matchbox. It's your matchbox. It's powerful and can change things deeply for you. Mm. So in this process of becoming conscious, like committing yourself to this practice of lighting a match and being fully aware, as you were saying, of all of your senses that are engaged during that period of time, that brief period of time that the match is lit, but also having it come from this box, this hearth that you've decorated you know, potentially with an image that you had found, and I think you've now you've also worked with many people in workshops. You were just telling me you'd just done a workshop in Connecticut, I believe, yeah. and how powerful this is and how it can transform um, our lack of willingness into being willing or becoming willing. Can you say more about that? Well, you know, Augustine said that the soul can't think without an image. But we don't know how powerful an image can be. And if it's the right one, it leads the way. It's like um, propellant. When you, it's the propellant for your willingness because it's, you know, sort of non-verbally, yep, this is it. And it brings you towards a willingness. You know, there's, it's hard to do this. People start and then, you know, they're all enthusiastic and then they drop it, you know, 10 days later and say, what's this silly thing, writing, you know, lighting a match? It's stupid. But when you look at all spiritual traditions, there are things people do. They touch beads. They bow. They walk around the Kaaba. They do something physical to anchor their spiritual and, of course, Hatha yoga is one of those paths that there is something we physically do to help our soul, our mind, and our heart to be in alignment. Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you how important that practice of really listening to what time is it in your life and what does your heart want you to be about. You ask that question deeply for a few days, you're going to find that you have an answer. Maybe it's a feeling. Maybe it's just a direction. But in time, if you do something like this, 90 days, and you look at the flame, you you will find it refining you. It'll change a little bit. It'll be more complete. And I do my practices longer than 90 days. If I haven't found that that which I intended had not yet happened to me, I'll do another round of 90 days with the same image, maybe tweaking a little bit, maybe changing a word or two until it really feels right. But you see, the unconscious is there, willing to work with us if we get it, if we can articulate our longings. They're very powerful. And when we have an image, like Augustine said, then we're helped from below in in a fabulous way. important. Yes, absolutely. And I love the aspect that your heart's desire uh, obviously changes through time. And you've been you've been doing this for 27 years, you said you've been, you know, lighting a match and being present and, you know, developing these um, hearths. I imagine they've changed over time with different images. So it's a beautiful practice that allows us also to get in touch with that question that you've asked of what is it now? What is my heart's desire now? Which may not be what it was three months ago or six months ago or a year ago. That's right. And you know, one other thing about this, if you continue doing it as I have, it's a spiritual autobiography there, if you keep your matchboxes. 
Mm. Uh, it was so beautiful to see all the matchboxes people made. Uh, I was at the workshop Saturday, and uh, it was astounding how different they all were and how deeply the intentions were felt. So uh, I hope people will get this book and try it because it's it's surprisingly simple, but it can move you in a way that is hard to explain. Mm. No, it's really, it's really lovely. So with that, we've come to the break. You're listening to The Yoga Hour with our guest, Ganilla Norris, author, poet, and spiritual teacher. You can learn more about Ganilla and her work at her website, ganillanorris.com. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. When we come back from the break, we'll explore how practice can kindle the flame of spiritual awakening. We'll be right back. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Be sure to grab the latest issue of Unity Magazine and read the interview with Ram Das, the iconic spiritual leader of the 60s. He's now focused on how to age consciously. Spiritual author Thomas Moore reflects on grumpy old men and women. And Barbara Bowen writes a touching story about her experience as a caregiver to her mother with dementia. To subscribe to Unity Magazine, go to unity.org and click on Publications. Kintsugi is an ancient Japanese art form of fusing broken pottery pieces together by filling the cracks with gold. The resulting piece is not only restored and visually stunning, it also takes on a new life. Whatever has happened in the past, however broken we may feel, we can be whole again by filling our lives with the transformative power of God. Our experiences make us unique. The presence of God makes us whole. As Paul wrote in his letter to the Romans, be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. Remember, with God, all things are possible. This Mindful Moment is brought to you by Daily Word magazine. Finding time for the positive reminders in Daily Word is easy with the digital edition, perfect for smartphones and readers on the go. Take advantage of our 30-day free trial to the online magazine, plus a daily email with the Word for the Day and the Daily Word app. To sign up for a free 30-day trial, visit unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword. Ever notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for the Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien, and I'm joined today by Gunilla Norris, author of Match. Bringing Heart and Will into Alignment, 90 Days of Practice, which is one of many uh, her many books on spirituality. So, Ganilla, you divided the book into two sections. Part one is about practice, and part two is practice. So, let's talk a little bit more about each of these sections. You have a quote from Yogananda in the book, which I really enjoyed, 
Um, it's to work with God's happiness ever bubbling in the soul is to carry a portable paradise within you wherever you go. And you talked about this a little bit when you were talking about the everyday practice of, for example, of going uh, out and starting the car and really, you know, having that moment just to be grateful that you have wheels and have that gratitude incorporated. So that I think is what this quote is pointing to, that there's a way that we can do whatever we do in the world, but that if we have that gratitude, that link to our own inner fire, that it's carrying a portable paradise with us wherever we go. It is. Yeah. Uh, The thing is that you can reach for anything and be able to make it an icon, a little window that allows you back inside yourself. If you bring your awareness, because we only have the present, and that's it. And in the present is everything we need. But we forget, don't we? And that's what we need to talk about, too. How yes. We just keep forgetting. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, finding it and losing it and finding it. Haven't you yes. discovered that yourself, Laurel? Oh my! Oh, my goodness, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Yogacharya has a um, a little series of four phrases that encapsulates um, to me what we've been talking about, but also kind of the spiritual journey in a nutshell. And the four phrases are, uh, it is, we are it, we forget, we remember. So in a nutshell, it's like, it is, we are it, (laughs) we forget, and thank goodness we remember. So. Well, the thing is that we are in a culture that just bombards us with stimuli, and it's, you know, time is going faster now than it did in the past. We're responding all the time to influences from the outside, and you know the mind is fickle, and we'll go to the loudest stimulation. And so often we're doing too much or acquiring too much or trying to be more than we can be. It makes us ahead of ourselves or and trying to fearfully anticipate the future, we were, we get overwhelmed and behind ourselves, and eventually we're beside ourselves. So, <laughs> right, <laughs> that's right. Anywhere but within ourselves, huh? Yeah, right. So, so in, go ahead. Go ahead. It's I was just going to say. So we've been talking. Other... Go ahead. You you go. Okay, uh, it's important to have others to support us because. Uh, If there are others, that's why sanghas and groups, yoga practices together, it helps us stay uh, much more than if we were doing it by ourselves. But that's not always available. And not every practice will fit everybody. We know that. So to find something meaningful that you can do takes years, and it's very precious when you find it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So in, in talking about forgetting, uh, at the beginning of the part, part one of your book, you say, even when we forget, our deepest longings are still awake in the dark. I, and I love that quote. That that talks about remembering. That's how we remember, you know, is those longings, those deeper longings will surface. So as I think about this calling from within to experience our lives in a more meaningful way, and uh when I was reading the book, a, a quote from Rumi, a poem from Rumi, kept coming to mind. So I'll share that now. Um, Rumi, of course, is the great 13th century Sufi poet. So it's, Come, come, whoever you are, wanderer, worshiper, lover of leaving. This is not a caravan of despair. It doesn't matter if you've broken your vow a thousand times. Come, and yet again, come. Start over, start over, start over. Yes, but we remember. I mean, that's that's the blessing, and that's the that's the light. I, I love the match, um, the the uh, way that you really talk about in the book of all of the ways that the that this matches are so. Um, this process of lighting a match is so. Um, 
symbolic and helpful to connect with our what do we what we we say our heart's desire but our, our hearts the, the fire in our heart and the transformation of the match right you light it and it burns and the wood is transformed you know in releasing you know the its essence of energy of heat and light it's just it's a it's a really beautiful image so talking about though when we forget in your opinion can you say more about that process what you've seen about that process in your own life about forgetting and but then remembering and how is it that we can keep coming back or that we do keep coming back well usually we feel a sense of dis-ease when we have left our deepest unity. We feel that we aren't living our life. We feel disgruntled, and it's that very ugh feeling that is a signal. You forgot. Go back to the beauty that's deeply in you. You already are what you want deep inside there. Remember. And, you know, when you think of the word remember, mem- to be a member of a congregation or a member of the body, to remember is to reunite physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, your heart, your life, your your thinking. And, uh, you know, it's. I think we can use our difficulties, we can use our uh, nasty feelings to realize, ah, that's a signal. I've got to remember, reunite myself. Mm. Also, you know, practice has to be um, not so onerous that you just don't want to do it. You want to do something that is simple. Uh, in the book, I say that the practice has to, in order to keep remembering, you have to have a practice that's not so hard that you dread doing it. It has to be simple. And it needs to engage more than your analytical mind, which is why I was talking about the images and so on. And needs to be understood not as some kind of facile activity to solve, you know, our conflicts and woes, but as a means to be faithful to our journey. And seeing those matches stack up, you see whether you're faithful or not. And mm-hmm. it, and it needs to be sustainable. That's why I like to do that bundling thing. You say, oh, put a rubber band around 21 matches. That's the beginning number. Well, when you've done that bundle, you say, I sustained it for three weeks. And it's very uh, helpful. And it needs to always, rem- you know, any practice needs to remind us of our longing. Those are the ingredients of a good practice. You, you've mentioned the 21 days. So go a little bit over the other the other bundles, you know, matches. So you start with the 21 days, which I think is a great, you know, place to start. And we should say, if you forget a day, then you go back, right? You start the 21 days over again, right? Yes, it's 90 consecutive days. And if you do this with a partner and you have an agreement, that you're going to do it together. If your partner forgets, you have to start all over again. That's hardball practice. But it's very helpful. You don't want to let your partner down, you know? Right. So uh, it was an Indian guru back in my 20s who told me that 21 days is the minimum amount of time to begin something. Something hasn't begun unless you could do it for 21 days. Then, so that's the first bundle. And the next bundle is 19 matches together with a 21 that makes 40. And you know, that's the classical number for 40 days in the desert. And Mm -hmm. after the first three weeks, people say, well, this is kind of ho-hummy, you know, strike my match, done that, off I go. But it is, uh, it's important to move through times when we feel something is humdrum or meaningless. Uh, think of all somebody who is a beautiful violinist. Think how many scales that person has played. And it's in order to be able to do a, a beautiful symphony. So the desert is classically the place where something profound begins to happen. That's why we have, mm-hmm. you know, in the Christian tradition, all these 
monks and hermits that went into the desert so that they could stick to their practice. So after the 40 days, then you have the slogging time, 50 50 matches, 50 days. And that's where you start to prove yourself. And it's interesting if you can say, every time I feel ho-hummy, that's an opportunity for me to remember and change my mind. That little light, I have light inside me. I can't forget that. If I forget that, my life has no light. And uh, if we forget who we really are, we we become ill at ease. And sometimes dis-ease happens because of that. So this practice is also about health. It's keeping us yoked with everything that we are. That little light, just for the 30 seconds. If you, mm-hmm. if you keep letting it burn into your third eye with your mm-hmm. heart's desire... You can go through the muckety-muck of the desert in the 50 days and however long Mm -hmm. until you look forward to doing your practice. It does. Mm -hmm. Eventually, it becomes something you can't start the day without. Well, some people do it at night or in the middle of the day. For me, it's my early morning. And Mm -hmm. if I don't do it, I feel like I've missed that sacred moment. Mm -hmm. So the talking about the desert, I think that is such a it's such a great um, capture. It captures the feeling of that aridness that can sometimes happen in our practice, where we feel dull or lifeless. And there, it is tempting at those times to to drop it. But those times are also, as you were saying, those are the. Um, um, what I want to say, it's, it, it deepens the practice that, you know, continuing on with a commitment at those times, then it's like going through the winter, really. And then the spring bursts forth, you know, then spring exactly. comes because it does change. It really does change. And keeping going through those times can be, um, can result in something really, really powerful. So, um, Let's see. You know, it's important to 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 keep those to keep the matches. A lot of people will toss them. Yes. If you keep the matches in a little um, dish or whatever, first of all, you can count and see. Well, you know, I'm still on. I haven't forgotten, or I have forgotten. I have to start over. So you have you have an actual uh, number there that you can count on, meaning both things. And then, I don't know if you have ever felt like that, but when I see 90 matches, I say those were each a day of my life. Mm -hmm. And the energy and the light of those days is now past, and I have lived those days. How many days do I have left? It's a Mm -hmm. very powerful uh, reminder that Life is not forever. It's for now. It's this moment. Are you using your light? And uh, I think um, it's good to have that little pile, and and it makes us want to live more meaningfully. Indeed, I, I really liked that as a practice, the keeping of the matches and really seeing the number of days you know that has passed. I think that's really valuable, and even the transformation that the match has undergone, right? I mean, you know, it's it's burned in the same way that we've you know burned through that day and burned through those ninety days. Um, and as you're saying, it does really make you aware of you know the the time that's passing. Also, so, one of the things about the matches, some matches will go out right away, and you feel really disappointed then. It's like a a bad day, hair day, you know, it's a bad spiritual day. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happens. And, right. some, and sometimes the match will just burn so brightly and it gets very hot there towards the, you know, your fingertips. But they're mm. all the same, but they're each one different. Just like we are all the same, but we are each different. And so uh, it's that moment's light. Today's our moment's light. What were you so what? Have, 
I was just going to ask you, so what would you say you have found about some of the things that interfere with our practice, say, uh, things that we do that don't support our awakening that we need to give up? Well, uh, you, you, you know, if you have a limited space, you can't keep filling it because then there won't be any room to live. You know, that's that. Uh, it's that uh, pragmatic. So I think that we have to give up worry. I think we have to give up um, the worry about doing things right or wrong or well enough. We can only do what we can do at any given time. So giving up worry about our performance or is very important. And giving up expectations that we deserve something because, whoa, we've been doing this 90 days. That has to go. Some, um, feeling that we're owed something because we've been practicing. That has to go. And uh, you have to give up specific outcomes. Even though you have an intention, that intention may be change in the living to be something slightly different or very different. So to insist that the intention uh, has an outcome that you have in mind, which your analytical mind has in mind, is maybe not what the heart and the soul has in mind. So giving up outcomes is really, in anything, is good. And then we'll have to give up those sneaky and relentless efforts at self-improvement. You know, habits of thinking either too well or too ill of ourselves, mm. or doing things that prove that we have rights and privileges that we that others do not have. Any place where the ego puffs itself up, basically, you have to give up and just mm. do it. I had mm. a I had a, a wonderful Zen teacher at one point, and he would he had a hard time with English, and so it. He would say, just do it. Just do it. And it sounded like he was spitting. And it was so funny. But it stuck with me. So just do it. And then you'll see what comes of it. Don't Mm -hmm. analyze it to death. Mm -hmm. Do it. Be with it. Be there. Feel Mm -hmm. the light in your hand and the light in yourself. So those are little advices. Oh, that's great. Uh, just do it reminded me of uh, Roy Eugene Davis, who is a direct disciple of Yogananda, one of the few still living direct disciples of Yogananda. Anyway, Roy always says, one of the most common things he says is, people, just do what you know you should do. <laughs> very, pra- <laughs> very practical. <laughs> so the, the, in yoga, philosophy, and the Yoga Sutras of uh, Patanjali, which is a key scripture in our practice of Kriya Yoga that was written thousands of years ago, they actually give a list of obstacles to practice. And so that list is illness, doubt, inability to focus, negligence, instability of our practice. And that one's interesting to me because so it's unstable. Instability just leads to more instability. So... And then uh, laziness, craving for sense pleasure, confusion, and lack of results. So I actually thought for thousands of years ago that's, that's, a, that's a pretty very impressive. Yeah, it's like it's a list that still resonates with me uh, today for sure. Yeah, you know, if we are able to name our difficulty, that's very important. You know, usually we're just sort of blah, but if we can say, aha. It is laziness, or it is one of the things that you counted off. And you could say, hello there, my darling bad habit. (laughs) I embrace you because you're my way back. If you can have that kind of attitude, it's wonderful. There I go again. I got furious. I have a habit of this or that. And I did it. Oh, hello, you darling horrible nemesis. You were reminding me to come back to my essential unity and myself. And I think that helps a lot. Uh, because the real adventures, Laurel, the real adventures in life and are when we have to do something and we want to do it at the same time. Mm-hmm. There's no more powerful 
uh, adventure than that. Mm. So if we link those two things, you know, you can't be stopped because you have to in order mm. to live either your truth or whether, and you'll want to. And the mm-hmm. answer will be there and the truth will be there that you will keep at it. Yeah. And that is something that arises with steady practice, a desire to continue the practice because you see the benefit of it. That's and I and I, I must be honest and say I don't always have a steady practice, but when I do have a steady practice, it builds on itself. And it's so interesting to me that part of ourselves that is always awake, because what is it that makes us remember? What is it that makes us, do, you know, wake up there for right. a moment? Yes. And it's a gl- it's a glimmer. Some days it's only a faint glimmer. Maybe even some weeks it's only a faint That's glimmer. Right. But but it's it's such an interesting point because that is the flame. That's our internal eternal flame that always brings us back, which is a, such a gift and such a huge thing to be grateful for. I think you know that um, it's it's that that thing that you've already talked about a little bit, which is that that which we are searching is also looking for us exactly so So when we when we turn toward that then you know every step i think there's some quote i can't remember who said it but every step we take toward god or if you don't like the word god use another you know truth or love or you know that that highest part of ourselves every step we take toward that then you know it is taking twice as many steps towards us can you can if we really understood that and believed it, we would be so humbled and do our little mother may I steps, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> a little bit of a time. And it, that's a wonderful quote. But we should hang that right in the doorway and not duck under it. <laughs> not duck under it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, unbelievably, we've just about come to the end. We've got maybe a minute or two left. So if someone is really um, either just beginning a practice or maybe someone has had a practice and they have stopped and they're looking for a way to rekindle it. So what advice, what words of advice or inspiration or encouragement would you leave with our listeners? I think that if you start every morning asking what your heart wants you to know, you'll keep being reconnected. It's a wonderful question. What today must I live to be really who I am? And that may be just gentle or present or something very small, that seemingly small, that is transformative. Ask that question. What does my heart want me to know today? Mm. and don't leave home without it, the answer. Yeah. Wow, it's beautiful. Go ahead. Laurel, can I read you a few? Do we have time for me to read you a few of the little meditations that are at the end? Yes, please. Why don't you you do a couple of those? Because I know that they're, and we should say that the last maybe half or more of the book is Inspirations, One for Each Day. So, yes, please share some of those with us. So here's one that says, the matches lie silently in the box. They do not need approval or recognition. They are simply available. Can we be as unselfed and do the same? Mm. Striking a little match each day is both ludicrous and holy. It's a tiny, passionate act and brings our deep longings of love's, to love's great furnace. It is a prayer. And here's the last one. We match ourselves to the moment and new worlds come to be. The heart is vast. It holds the fiery paradox that we are already whole and yet constantly becoming. Oh, just really beautiful. So thank you so much for those. Thank you, Laurel. I've enjoyed talking with you very much. 
Same here. So you've been listening to the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien, and we've been discussing Kindle the Fire Within with our special guest, Ganilla Norris, author of the book we've been discussing today, Match, Bringing the Heart and Will into Alignment. Ganilla is an author, poet, spiritual teacher, and has written many books, on spirituality, you can find out more about her and her books and programs on her website, GunillaNorris.com. And again, G-U-N-I-L-L-A, Norris with two R's, N-O-R-R-I-S, GunillaNorris.com. So again, thank you, Ganilla, for joining us. Thank you, Laurel. So next week on the Yoga Hour, we're going to have an encore episode called Yoga's Path of Strength, Resilience, and Peace of Mind with guest Beryl Bender-Birch, which was originally aired on June 4th, 2015. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. CSE welcomes people from all backgrounds who are seeking self and God realization. The center is located in San Jose, California, but also has many programs online, so please visit our website, csecenter.org. And if you like the Yoga Hour, please tell a friend about it. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team, regular host, founder, and director, Yogacharya O'Brien, assistant producers, Anne Hayes and Sean Smith, and as always, Jeff Comfort in the sound booth at unity.fm. I look forward to being with you again while Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then, remember... You carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. day we're faced with countless decisions, some seemingly insignificant, others life-changing. In each situation, we want to consider all the options. But in an effort to choose wisely, I may become anxious and confused, thinking that my peace of mind depends upon making the right decision. Perhaps this is backwards thinking. Actually, beginning with peace of mind helps me make good decisions. Peace is not the result of a particular circumstance, but the very cause that keeps me calm no matter what I'm facing. Inner peace clears my mind of doubt and allows me to see what would serve me best. 
When I have to make a choice, I remember, for every question there is an answer, and that answer begins with the peace I already have. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA Unity ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash divine 2022 